earlier on this year about our uh, core values, and we have spoken about um, what our core values are. All right? And we said our core values are what? Number one, it's what? We pray. Number two is what? Serve. Three is what? Okay, whatever you say is correct as long as you say <laughs> The order does not matter. <laughs> All right, so we, we pray, we serve, we share, and we give. All right, so we have talked about praying, we have talked about uh, serving, we have talked about sharing, and today we are going to start on giving, the giving aspect of that. And when we talk about giving, we are primarily talking about money. And I'm going to be talking about money today. All right? I'll be talking about money. Don't be afraid. I won't take an offering. It's not today. It's coming. I'll take an offering sometime, but not now. <laughs> I'm just kidding. All right. But I just wanted to know. Uh, be before I start, I hope I have the permission, Pastor. I just want to thank everybody that has been a part of this ministry. Yeah. And you have given and you have given abundantly. You need a round of applause. Just give yourself a round of applause. We want to thank you. We want to thank you for helping us with the grace of God that has been resting on this commission. All right? We just want to appreciate every one of you. Because of your generosity, we have been able to travel to the nations. Amen. Because of your generosity, we have seen people saved. Uh, we're checking, I was checking through the records uh, this week, sometimes this week. We, we had 10 people baptized here, all right? Last year, we had 10 people baptized there. Do you know what that means? Be because of your giving, we have kept these doors opened. Because of your giving, LOM has been opened. And I was also looking at the numbers of LOM. I mean, it is astronomical what we are doing here. You may not know it. You may not understand it. But we have families in this community that depend on LOM. And you know why? Because our doors are opened. Amen. Because of the generosity of, you, of all, you, all of you. And I just want you to know that those of you that have trusted us or entrusted us with your finances and with your generosity, we are working very hard not to disappoint you. Amen. And those of you that are still on the fence, we want you to come on this side of the fence. Amen. We are working really hard to win your support. Amen. We are working really hard to win your support. I hope I have the permission to do that, sir. Okay. <laughs> All right. So, so please, uh, join us if you are still doubting, if you are still, just join us on this other side. And we know that your generosity will not be taken advantage of. We will use it to the fullest advantage and extend the kingdom of God the way he wants us to um, extend his kingdom. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So, we're talking about uh, giving, this is a giving aspect, but I want to talk about money. There is no giving without money. All right? And if you don't understand money, you probably will not understand giving. Amen. All right? So why am I talking about money this morning? Why, do we, why are we going this route of talking about money and giving and all of that? Very simple. The Bible mentioned money over 2,000 times. Imagine that. More than heaven. More than life. More than resurrection. The Bible mentioned giving more than 2,000 times. Sorry, money. 
money, possession, and all that stuff. Over 2,000 times. Now, come down to Jesus. Jesus gave us about, depending on how you count, uh, 36 to 38 parables. 16 of them were about money. 16 parables about money. Paul talked about it in the book of Romans. Paul talked about it in uh, 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians. He talked about it in Philippians. He talked about it to Timothy. What I'm saying is the, the subject of money is so widespread in Scripture that we, can, we just cannot ignore it. If you, and, and, and again, you know, I, I said it now, you know, about, you know, you giving and all and your generosity, and we really appreciate it. We appreciate the generosity towards us and towards, towards this work. And in as much as we desire for you to continue to give generously to us as a church body, we also desire that you do well financially. So we're not only looking out for ourselves, we also want to look out for you financially. Amen. And that is why we're going this route. We want you to know that God has a calling upon our lives, Amen. collectively and as individuals, yeah. into that realm called abundance. Amen. And that's what I want to talk about today. I want to talk about a call to abundance. God has called us. We want you to understand money. We want you to know that money is important. Again, from God's perspective, from God's end, or, or generally, why do we have to talk about money? Why is the Bible talking, why did the Bible talk about so much about money? Why? Number one, why God talks so much about money? Uh, let me see. Okay. Number one reason why God talks about money is that money, not the devil, money, not the devil, is one of the greatest contenders for your hearts. The Bible says, can you serve two masters? You say, you cannot serve two masters. You cannot serve God and you cannot serve mammon. You are going to serve one of them. And that is why God has littered the face of the scriptures with teachings and uh, doctrines about money and all of that. And that's why also we have an obligation. Paul told uh, uh, the Ephesians church when he was leaving, finally, he took them to the island of Melitus and he was telling them, he said, for I have not withheld any of God's doctrine. There's nothing that God has told me that I have withheld from you. And this money, part of what is in scriptures that we need to let you know, that we need to inform you, even though sometimes it is uncomfortable because of the way people have handled or taught about money, we still have an obligation to tell you the whole counsel of God Amen. about money. Amen. So that we're not keeping anything from you. We are letting you know that this is what the mind of God is. And I'm telling you that we're kicking this off this morning by saying the mind of God Amen. is that he has called you to abundance. Amen. A lot of people are not understanding what I'm saying. Amen. Yeah, I, I said the mind, of God, the mind of God is that he has called you into abundance. Amen. 
It doesn't matter what your situation is. It doesn't matter what your circumstance is. God has called you into abundance. That's why I say in John 10, 10, the second part of it, he said for, he said for uh, uh, let me just quote the whole, he said for the thief comment number four, to kill, to steal, and to deserve, but I have come that you may have what? Life and have it what? Abundantly. Amen. It's a call. It's a call. If you read Second uh, Corinthians 9, can you put that down with my uncle's scripture? Second Corinthians 9, 2 Corinthians 9 verse 8. 2 Corinthians 9, verse 8. Say, God has made all grace abound towards you. That you have in all sufficiency, in all things, may abound. That's another, that, that's it there again, right there again. May abound unto every good work. I say, God has called you to abundance. Because if you don't understand abundance, you will not understand giving. If you don't have that mindset that God has called you to abundance, it will be difficult for you to translate what you have into giving. Amen. And that's why we're talking about this call to abundance this morning. What is abundance? Before I go ahead, I think I need to define what abundance is. Now, disclaimer, abundance does not mean you're a millionaire, okay? It doesn't mean that we're, we're all millionaires. All right? Because when you say this now, what people start thinking is, they, they, they look at abundance based on the quality or the quantity of their bank account or their pockets. But th while that is important, it is secondary to the subject of abundance. So abundance does not mean that we're all millionaires. What is abundance? Based on this scripture we have read now, it means you have enough for yourself. Amen. And you have enough to commit to every good work. You have enough for yourself and you have enough to commit to every good work. Amen. So this morning, I want you to know that you may be here this morning and you have not been able to pay your rent or your mortgage is due, it still does not matter. God has called you to abundance. Amen. It's difficult for you to feed your kids. There are some people here who have lost their jobs. They have uh, no source of income, no means of income. I'm telling you today that you are not excluded from the call to abundance. Amen. You may have a rickety car. It doesn't matter what it is. You have student loans. You have all the troubles financially. It still does not exclude you or take you away from the call of God for abundance. God has called you to abundance. God has called you to abundance. And you have to know, the question now is, how do I appropriate God's abundance for my life? Amen. That is it. How do I get to that place of God's abundance? Some of you may be asking, why am I not experiencing abundance?
It's because we have not taken note of two things that I want us to take note of now. Now, this is not an all this thing, and I'm not, go, I'm not talking about giving and receiving, sowing and reaping. That's not what I'm talking about, all right? But I just want you to know, if we look at this scripture, this scripture says a lot. It says this scripture is loaded. It says, and God is able to make all grace abound towards you. I want you, if you're the kind of person that takes note or you mark your Bibles, mark that word grace. God is able to make all grace. Did you hear that? God is able to make all grace, not some grace, all grace abound towards you. The first thing I want you to know about abundance, which I've mentioned a little bit before, is that abundance primarily is not, is not about your bank account. Abundance is primarily the state of your heart. Amen. If you don't understand this, you will put the cat before the horse. Amen. Because you think that abundance has to do with what you have in your bank account. But I'm telling you, abundance is, you know, your bank account, what you have in your pocket is just a fraction of what abundance is. Abundance starts from the heart. Many of us don't have an abundance mentality. We, we, we have this bunker mentality. Where lack and need has kept us in a corner and we cannot do everything that God wants us to do. Even though sometimes we outwardly have abundance. I have seen people, and I'm telling you, I'm not, I'm not just, you know, just telling you. I have seen people, God has helped me to see people in my life. I have seen people who have millions of money. They, they are rich, but yet they are poor in their minds. You know why they are poor in their minds? Because they have not been able to overcome the worries of money. They have not been able to overcome the fear of lack. Yes. If you get to a place where you, cannot, you have not overcome the worries of money, you are still worrying about money, you are still worrying about your needs, you are in a place where I call the wilderness. And you, 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 what I mean is this, let me just quickly explain it. You know, I call it the wilderness mentality where, uh, uh, okay, let me, let me explain it this way. You know, the Bible says in Philippians 4, 19, my God shall supply all of your needs according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. And that is where we have camped. Yeah. But based on this scripture, that's not where God wants us to be. It's a good starting place. Yes. But God wants us to migrate from a place where he's not just meeting our needs, but we have been able to understand that we have an abundance of grace. To have all sufficiency in all things and abound to every good work. If you are still in that place where all you are talking about is your need, my need, my need, my need, you are in the wilderness. Because you know what? The wilderness never provides for abundance. 
In fact, what they got in the wilderness, if they determined, if they kept it beyond that day, it was going to rot. And becomes unuseful. It, it, it becomes useless. Unfortunately, that is where we're in. And that is why sometimes we're not experiencing the abundance of God. Because we have been taught that all we need to do is just wait. My God shall supply all of my needs according to your riches and glory by Christ Jesus, which is true. God wants to do that. I'm not denouncing that. But I am saying that that is the pediatric state of abundance. You know what I mean by pediatric? You know, when you take your child to a, 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 a pediatric doctor, you know, they deal with you from that. That's, that's, that's a childish state. That's a limited state. Infantile. Thank you, sir. That's a limited state. Where God wants us to do, because God has so much for you. God has called us. The Bible tells us that God has called us to every good work. He has created us for good works. And the Bible is telling us that the good work, for him to be able to do the good works, for him to be able to manifest the good works, he's going to need you and I. And he is going to make the provision. That's why the Bible tells us also that God, he gives the seed. He gives the bread. He gives the increase. All he needs is for you to just present yourself and position yourself to where you can enter into the abundance of God in the area of his seed, his bread, and the increase. We need to get our minds off this place. We need to win ourselves off of this idea. That all I need to worry about is my need. Is my need. We need to get beyond that. We need to climb above that. We need to begin to renew our minds. There's a, there's a, a guy who... Who, who put this well. He talks about the richness of being and the richness of having. The guy's called uh, um, Miroslav Volf. He's a, he's a theologian in, in, at, at Yale. He talks about the richness of being and the richness of having. And I said the mistake that a lot of us make is that we camp at the richness of having at the expense of the richness of being. In other words, what I'm telling you, that abundance is first and primarily a state of being. You have to get to that place where in your mind, you know, you are connected with the mind of Christ and knowing that God has come, that you might have abundance and have it more abundantly. And you create an abundance mentality in yourself that it does not matter. You are not limited by your pockets. You are not limited by your bank accounts. What you are functioning in is the abundance of the grace of God that has been made available for you. You must know that. You must change that. That abundance is not about what you have primarily. It's about you understanding the grace of God that has been resident on your inside. If you don't come to this reality, it does not matter. I am telling you, it does not matter how much you have. You will still worry about money. If you don't come to this point, it does not matter how much you have. You will still be afraid of lack. Yep. 
And that's where God wants to drag us out of. He wants to pull us out of. He wants our minds out of that place. He wants our minds out of that place. So he can show us great and mighty things, which we know not of. Because at the end of the day, God's work is contingent upon how much we can drive it. Can God do without us? Yes, he can do. He's the almighty. He's the all-knowing. Yes. But like I said last week, he is committed. You see, he has deprived himself of his right to do it by himself. He has the right to do it by himself. But God said, I am depriving myself of the right to be by myself. I am calling you to be a heir of mine and a joint hair with me so that we can do that together which God wants us to do. I said God has called you to abundance. It does not matter where you are. Your situation does not matter. God has called you to abundance. God has called you to abundance. Now, look at that scripture again. And God is able to make all grace abound towards you. What does that mean? That reminds me of something else. That's, a, that's the second thing I want you to understand about abundance. Number one is that abundance is a state of being, it's a state of your mind. Number two, it is what? I want you to understand this word all grace here. All right? The word all grace. I want you to understand because if you don't understand the word all grace, you probably will not understand abundance and how to get into it. All right? All grace. What does that remind you of? That reminds me of Deuteronomy 8.18, where he said, can you give me Deuteronomy 8.18? Thou shalt remember the Lord your God, and you shall remember the Lord your God. For it is what he who gives you what? I want to stay on that power too. You will remember the Lord your God for he, it is he who has given you the what? The power to get wealth. Remember in the New Testament, he said he has given you all grace that will lead to all abundance. Here he's saying that he has given you power that will lead to wealth. In other words, what I am saying is this, that, or, or what God is telling us is this, that God has made things available in some translation. Can you go back to that Second uh, Corinthians 9 verse 8? In some translation, that word grace has been translated into blessings. That God has made all blessings available to you. In other words, there's nobody in this world that God has left without a blessing. There's nobody. And a lot of times, if you are going to enter abundance God's way, it's going to be via all grace, via his power, and via his blessings. Can I say that again? If you are going to enter into abundance God's way, it's going to be via his, via his grace, via his power, and via his blessings. What does that mean? First of all, it primarily tells me that when it comes to abundance, 
when it comes to my finances, God is interested. God has a vested interest. That is why he's giving you all grace. He's giving you the blessing. And he's giving you the power to get wealth. Thou shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he that has given you the power to get wealth. That he may do what? Establish his covenant. Which is the same thing that Paul was talking about. That he has made all grace abound towards you. That you have in all sufficiency in all things and at all times and you may abound to every good work. Same thing. Said in different ways. How is this interesting? Very interesting. Interesting in the sense that I want you to understand what that grace means. That power means. I want you to understand it. First, I talked about his, um, the mindset. And now I'm talking about the power, how to translate. So both work together, all right? So one is the spiritual aspect of it, the spiritual part of it, and this other one now is how you physically enter into it, all right? Because if you don't understand, sometimes physical things can sabotage spiritual efforts. You are doing, you're, I mean, you are doing something, you are so spiritual, you are so, you are just walking, you are doing everything, you are praying well, you are praying hard, you are doing all of this, and, and, and something physical, if care is not taken, like money, can end up sabotaging all your spiritual efforts. What are your blessings? What are the grace that God has given to you? Sometimes it may be your job. Sometimes it may be the gifts of God. Sometimes it may be special abilities that God has given you. It may be your education. It may be strength. It may be relationships. What I am saying to you is that God has made something specially available for you. Amen. That if you can key into it, if you understand it, you can key into it and take advantage of the opportunities it's going to provide for you. It's going to be easy to enter into abundance God's ways. Because a lot of times, a lot of times, uh, so many of us are struggling. We, we, we don't know what to do. We don't know uh, why we're doing what we're doing and we don't know if God is ever for us. But God has made all grace abound towards you. In other words, there's no way you are going to turn. There's no way you are going to go. The grace of God is always available for you to use and lead into the abundance Amen. that he wants you to have. So what does this portend for us? What does, it, what does this, uh, I mean, uh, say to us? I want you to know uh, certain things. about the power of God that's going to lead us into our place of abundance. Number one, when you get to the point where you know and you understand God's blessings, number one, I want you to know that you cannot take it for granted. Amen. That's number one, and then you cannot go it all by yourself. God has to be involved in the journey. Too many times, even though God has given us those blessings, 
and the power and the grace, we depend more on the grace than the God that gives the grace. Even though God has given you a gift, you cannot rely on that gift at the expense of not acknowledging the God of the gift. Because at the end of the day, it is not the gift. The gift is just a channel. God is actually the one doing it. He's just using the gift as a channel for you to get to where you need to get to. And that's why God must be involved. Too many times, you know, many of us, we're searching for jobs. We want to change careers. We want to do things. There are things that are going on, but we don't commit it to God in prayer. We don't know the mind of God. We are not being led by the Spirit. We don't understand what God wants. We don't know the mind of God or the heart of God because we have only trusted in ourselves and sometimes the abilities that God has given us. But I want you to know this morning, like Proverbs said, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not unto your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your path. Many of us are on the path that God is not putting us because we have put ourselves there. But God wants to put you on the right path. He wants us to be on the right track. Where he can lead us and we can begin to say like David, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me in the path of righteousness where his name says, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. That is where God, that's how God wants to relate with us when it comes to our finances, when it comes to our abundance. He wants to relate with us. And that is why you cannot take anything for granted. Are you looking for a career? You are looking for something. You want God to expose something to you. Take it to God in prayer. Involve God in everything. Involve him in your finances. Involve him in your family. Involve him in your job. Everything. Take it to God in prayer. Some of us are worried that we are, uh, some of us are, are, are kind of worried that we are bothering God when we take everything to him. It's not your business to worry. I have heard, you know, things that, you know, some kind of this thing. You know, if somebody had asked me a question before, if somebody's praying in Korea and somebody's praying in, in, in America and somebody's praying in Europe at the same time, how will God hear all these things? That is not your business. It's not your business. He said, pray. He said, commit it to me. How he hears that, how he understands it, that's his business. And we just need to trust him in the area of our finances. Trust the Lord with all your hearts. And I may be speaking now, and some of you don't have any financial needs, all right? I want you to take this note, to put this in your distance too. You know, Take note of what I'm saying. You may need it someday. Amen. When it comes to the blessings of God, the number two things I want you to know 
is that you cannot appropriate the blessings of God without engaging the blessings of God. Amen. The Bible tells us in um, Proverbs 22, verse 9, Say, do you see a man that is diligent in his business? This, uh, this man will stand before kings and not, be, and not, you know, with mean men. In other words, engage the gift of God in your life. Engage his blessings in your life. Engage in relationships he has given you. Be actively engaged in what God has called you to. You cannot sit down and want the blessings of God to work for you. We have done that for too long. And sometimes what we have done when it comes to the blessings of God or when it comes to engaging the blessings of God, we think we can replace that with our giving. There's a place for prayer. There's a place for giving. There's a place for action. And everything has to come together for things to work for you. Because many of us have used some things to bribe God in the place where we should be doing stuff. Because somebody has told you, if you bring uh, $79.22, you get the Proverbs blessings of this and all kinds of things. Now, I can do that and make you come and give me 79 cents and you, you bring uh, uh, 79 cents and 22, 23 cents, I'll tell you, no, I want 22 cents. You know, because I want you to believe what I'm saying, right? Make it 79 and 22 cents, exactly. Now, this is not, I'm not, you know, I'm not putting down anybody, but I'm just telling you that there's a place for giving and there's a place for action. And one of the things that you must do with the blessings of God when you find it is that you must engage it. You must engage it. You must engage it. Have you seen a man who is diligent in his business? This man will stand before kings. He will not stand before mean men. And listen, this scripture is not telling you a particular thing. He did not say, have you seen a diligent engineer? Or have you seen a diligent pilot or a diligent doctor? No, that's not what he said. He said, what business has God given to you? It does not matter what you do. What you do is not the, it's not the problem. It's what you do with what you have. That is the problem. I mean the you know, admission business, admission counseling business, I have a small thing that I do in that direction. And one of the things that parents tell me every time, convince him to be a doctor, convince him to be an engineer. And you know, the, you, parents tell me this every time. But a lot of times I tell them, sometimes, what you expect for your child is, may not be what God wants for them. Allow God, allow God to speak to them. Tell them to commit themselves in prayer. God, what will you have me do? God, what will I do? They are not too young to understand God. They are not too young to be led by God. 
ask them to go to God in prayer. Because at the end of the day, you want them to be able to appropriate whatever blessings God has given to them the way that God will do it best. And what they need is diligence. My wife can bear me witness here. You know, but you know I, I have never sat my kids down to tell them you are very intelligent. I don't do it. However, I commend their diligence because that is what counts. That's what makes the difference. You tell them you are intelligent, you are setting them up for failure. If you tell them, if you, if you, if you keep telling them you are intelligent, you are, intelli you are setting them up for failure. I'm in this education business, so I know what I'm talking about. So that's why many of them are hiding things from you. They don't want you to know they failed. And when they fail, they do all kinds of things, unscrupulous things. Because they don't want to give you an inkling that they're not doing well. Because your mindset concerning them, or your mind concerning them is that they're intelligent. And they don't know that sometimes even intelligent people fail. So they do everything to hide from you. And that's why what you should commend or compliment is their diligence. Yes. The effort they are putting in. Yes. Not that they are intelligent. Mm -hmm. I don't do it. I've learned, many, I've learned it many years ago, you know, a long time ago, and I'm setting my children up for failure. When all you do is comment how intelligent they are, how good they are, how great they are. Now, tell them, tell them what, I mean, encourage them. I'm not a negative person. I don't pour water on, you know, I don't, I don't, but I encourage them. But I don't use platitudes and, 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 and all these kind of extreme words, extreme, you know, uh, exaggerated words to, to describe who they are. But I want them to have a self-worth in themselves. Because until they know that intelligence is not, is not the only thing that can get you there, they are not going to get to a point where they understand that they have self-worth. Because their self-worth is just going to be resting on that intelligence. Diligence. Let's take hold of what God has given us. Let's engage what God has given us. And to some of you here that you have not gotten there, you're still looking for something and you're still uh, trying to get there. The Bible says, whatsoever your hand shall find to do, do it. There's a reason why God says all these things. Now, I'm telling you, I brought you from, let me, let me, let me say this, I brought you from the New Testament, right? Where Paul is talking about all the grace of God, all the, you know, the grace of God. We are seated with Christ in the heavenly places, far above all principalities and powers. We are this, and, we are and, and, and all those things are, 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 you know, they are real. But I also have to bring you back to Proverbs. The reason is that the righteousness of God has to live. The one who is seated with Christ in the heaven places, you have to deal with your children. And sometimes they might not be, you know, what you think they should be. And that's why we're engaging Proverbs to be able to help us. So the third one, 
Third one. Be passionate. Whatever the gift of God on your life is, be passionate about it. Whatever it is, be passionate. Nobody wants to deal with somebody that's not passionate about what they're talking about. If you know me very well, you can wake me up from, you, you can wake me up from a deep slumber. I will talk about education like, you know, it's, it's what I eat, what I drink, what I live by. Be passionate about what you are doing. What is the gift of God in your life? Are you passionate about it? Nobody is going to pay a lackadaisical person for what they are offering. Be passionate. Be passionate about it. Be passionate. And then the last one, because of time. I want you, I put this last because I want you to take this to heart. Very, very, very important. And the last one is when you have prayed, when you have engaged, when you have developed your passion for it, the next line of action be patient. Be patient. Too many of us are too much in a hurry. You have already been called into abundance, an abundance you will get into. But be patient. Be patient. Be patient. The Bible says the servant of God will not make haste. You are in need of patience so that after you have done the will of God, you will inherit the promise. God has promised you abundance. You need to be patient. When you do what you need to do and you are patient, the Bible guarantees us that you are going to enter into the will of God, what God has for you. So when it comes to abundance, be patient. Just keep doing what you are doing. Keep doing what you are doing. You will get to that point of patience. As I round up, let me, let me, let me round up with the story of, uh, of a woman in, in uh, I mean, in, in, in the scriptures. And the woman never knew that God, or in other words, she did not understand the scale of where God was taking her to. All she was doing was what she knew how to do. Be diligent, she was just diligent, doing what she needed to do and everything. And there, her life collided with destiny. Her name is Rebecca. Rebecca was just like, an, like any other ordinary woman, any ordinary person, like so many of us may think we are today. I'm so ordinary, there's nothing about me, there's nothing concerning me, there's nothing, you know, they, they, it, it looks like nothing around me is working, nothing around me is okay. Okay. 
But Rebecca knew God has given her a gift of hospitality. And so when she saw a stranger, she went over and beyond to do that which she needed to do to accommodate the stranger. She gave him water. The guy asked for water. She did not only give him water, she gave his animals water. And she gave him much more water to go on, in, you know, as he goes along in his, in, in, in his journey. And I want you to know, I, I, you know, this is sometimes when we see them, you think, oh, Rebecca just went to a running water, you know, there was a tap somewhere or a faucet somewhere that she just went and connected a, 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 a you know, <laughs> connected a hose there and, and used to serve him. No, that was not what she did. It was a well. So it involved serious labor. Serious labor that will not be rewarded in terms of her being paid. But even though man was not rewarding her, God was ready to reward her. And because of her diligence, guess what happens? She just walked into destiny. And the servant of Abraham just said, oh my God, this may just be the person that God has sent me to. Are you manning your well this afternoon? Because your gift, the grace, the blessings of God might just be the promised land that you have been looking for. But you have not mined it enough for God to be able to help you to enter into his promise of abundance in reality. This afternoon, I want to challenge you this afternoon. Find what God wants for your life. Engage what God has for your life. Be passionate about what God has for your life. Be patient. And before you know it, the God that sees all things in secret will reward you openly. God bless you. Pray about it. Pray about it. Okay, okay, okay. 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 Ok